Hey, it's L.A. Lloyd. Welcome to the Rock 30 Countdown. It's always fun when we have a guest co-host on the show, but it's even more fun when that guest co-host is uh, our number one artist of the week. So congratulations on that, Nita Strauss. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. So we're heading back to Texas. It's our final day of Ship Rock. I mean, I've seen you all over the boat uh, performing, just mingling with fans. So, you know, from a personal standpoint, how's it been for your first one? Uh, it's been amazing, you know. It's it's really cool for me, not as only a metal artist, but a metal fan to yeah. be here, you know, be out and about after the last year and a half that we've had and see so many great bands, meet so many new people. I've just had the best time. And one good thing that I, I love about um, this compared to a festival is the the opportunity that you get to, uh, you know, see other artists perform. I mean, is that something that you find really unique? Because obviously you're a fan of a lot of these artists, but, you know, in a festival, you're so spread out, it's kind of hard to do it, you know? You know, I do even make the time at the festivals, to be honest. That's yeah, great. I like seeing bands. I like I get inspired by watching other musicians do what they do. So I do always try to make that time, for sure. Well, one good thing uh, is, you know, uh, the stowaways on here. And, you know, um, we got to see you perform yesterday. And then, of course, you came right back. And, you know, not only getting to perform with some of your peers or whatever, but you were part of an Eddie Van Halen tribute. I mean, talk about that. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, I wouldn't think. What an honor. Yeah. You know, Eddie being such a huge influence on myself and basically every other guitar player in the genre, you know, without him paving the way, I don't think we would be doing exactly what we're doing. Right. So it was really cool to just be a part of that moment, be a part of paying tribute to Eddie and get to do it alongside my band. Yeah. You know, we, I got to bring my best friends with me to play, you know, to play that song. And that was really fun. Yeah. Uh, another collab you did is with Johannes from uh, Avatar on Feed My Frankenstein, which that, <laughs> I got to say, that was probably one of my highlights of the entire cruise. That Mine I've seen. too. That was really, <laughs> fun watching you so uh did you guys rehearse on this a lot or what was kind of the plan for him to come out and, and do that we actually didn't rehearse it at all really um, so i've been doing feed my frankenstein on my solo tour with um the singer from our opening band black satellite okay and when we knew we were coming on this boat and we had to cut our hour and 10 minute set down to 30 minutes we were just trying to figure out what would stay and what would go and we thought we have to keep Frankenstein because somebody's going to sing it. Right, you know, we can right. get somebody to do it. You yeah. know, and um, we asked a couple different singers, and some people were being very cautious about other appearances because of COVID and everything. Yeah. And then um, we asked Johannes, who I thought from the very beginning would be so cool because he's such an Alice Cooper right. type of guy, such an Alice Cooper kind of vibe. Mm. So we finally, I didn't know him, you know, we didn't have any connection to him and, you know, ran into him in catering and just, and asked and he said, yes, we did not rehearse it once. Wow. You know, he had never sung the song before. He just came out and said, who's ready for some heavy metal karaoke night? And, uh, and sang Feed My Frankenstein with us. And Phil Demmel, of course, came up and played guitar on that song as well. Um, which was so cool because I'm such a fan of Phil's from Machine Head and from Violence and you know seeing him play on here with Lamb of God you know and then having Johannes there it just felt like it felt like I won a contest and I got to play (laughs) with some of my favorite musicians that's awesome it was really cool Uh, one good thing that I I love about you is how you always manage to uh, work fitness into your daily uh, regimen if you will and obviously being on the road not the easiest thing to do I mean do you do you just try to find a gym at the hotel or restrictive bands or 
what do you, what do you do when you're literally just out there on the road and not close to a gym or something like that? We do whatever we can. Yeah. You know, on my solo tour, we try to stop at a gym every single day. Mm-hmm. You know, so that way my tour manager and I can get a workout in and the boys <laughs> can get a shower in yeah, right. <laughs> at the gym on the road um, or a hotel gym or like you said, the parking lot. You know, we all bring our resistance bands. We bring um, power block adjustable weights. Mm-hmm. Um, we bring boxing gloves and mitts so we can, you know, box in parking lots of Walmarts and targets and yeah. venues um i think if you just if you want to do it you'll do it if you don't want to do it you won't do it and giving yourself the tools to succeed is is really the key making yeah. sure that you have what you need that you make the effort to stop at the gym instead of stopping at the walmart right you know, just right. goes a long way another cool thing you do for the fans is uh you know giving out this care package you call it uh finding nita on your instagram story oh, yeah. so uh you know for the fans who haven't heard about this tell us where this idea came from and, and a little bit more on that so yeah finding nita is something i do on the alice tour which reminds me i gotta start doing that again in a couple yeah, right, days. Right. i don't i don't usually do it on my solo tours just because i don't have the opportunity and the time um but before just about every alice cooper show um, and actually I haven't been doing it in COVID because they're very strict on the band about going out. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it's not pandemic times, um, I go out and leave little signed stuff somewhere in the audience, right. you know, behind a chair or, you know, on top of a vending machine or something. Yeah. And I'll post little clues on my Instagram story. So I'll probably try to do it this time around if they're not too strict with us on the rules. And you can always, if I'm coming to your city and you're coming to the show, if you look at my Instagram story at Hurricane Nita, you'll find the clues for your signed stuff. I was speaking with Alice uh, before this last tour uh, that actually I saw you guys in um, in Austin when you came through there. Um, but, you know, the thing he was telling me is, you know, how excited everyone in the band was just to get back on the road, just to feel that feeling again, because it had just been so long. I mean, what was some of those first shows like with Alice uh, when you finally got back on the road? Oh, it's the best. Yeah. I mean, this is why we do what we do, you know. It's, it's great to record. It's great to do live streams. It's great to, you know, do everything that we did to pass time in the pandemic. But there's nothing better than being out there and sharing our art with people and doing what we do and doing what we love. And I think having a year and a half off gave everybody a whole new appreciation for how much we really love what we do. You know, it's easy. Yeah. Touring is hard work. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard being away from home. It's hard being away from family. You know, your schedule is crazy. My schedule, at least, is crazy. Yeah. You know, but then when you don't get to do it, you know, you, you really realize how much you love it and how much you miss it. And I don't think any of us will be taking it for granted anytime soon. I've heard you say in a lot of interviews, you know, what a, a major influence Steve I is on you. And uh, maybe talk about that a little bit for our listeners today. Steve I to me is just the perfect blend of technique and passion. Yeah. You know, technique and joy in your art. You know, so when I watch Steve Vai play, it just looks like fun. Yeah. You know, all of my great guitar heroes, when they play, there are some guitar players that when they play, it just looks difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's just so much technique and so much, you know, skill there that it's like, oh, you know, it just looks hard. It just looks, you know, insurmountable. And when I watch Steve Vai, even though, you know, he's playing just as fast and just as technical of stuff, it makes me go, wow, I want to do that. Like, right. I want to go home and practice and get yeah. like that. So... Uh, I enjoy musicians that inspire me to get better at what I do and not intimidate me to not want to do it anymore. Well, the thing I love about watching you perform is, you know, you just make it look so 
like you're not thinking about it. I mean, you just do it, you know, <laughs> and I guess that just comes from, like you said, just practice, 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 where yeah. it just, I guess, more of like a motor skill kind of thing, right? Yeah, it's just muscle memory. Yeah. You know, I don't think at all when I'm on stage. Right. I don't think about anything except the performance and the fans and what I'm going to jump off next. <laughs> um, when I start thinking about the notes that I'm playing and what, you know, okay, this solo's in E, so I got to go to the 12th fret of the high string. It's like, then yeah. I'll start making mistakes. Right. So uh, I just train my muscle memory up and that's why the first couple shows of a tour are sometimes shaky for the artist because you're still figuring out your muscle memory you're getting you know your fingertips and your feet and your you know your head to work at the same time and then once all of that muscle memory locks together then i think it's just automatic and we can just have fun every time i've seen an alice show uh with you performing there uh it it's it's almost like this broadway musical because it seems like everyone knows their, their places and everything but at the same time, there's this spontaneity. I mean, it's almost like a controlled chaos. I mean, is is it Good pretty phrase. much? I mean, is it pretty much different every night, or is it kind of, you know, you know, like I said, the, the people in the plays know where their spots are and this and that. We definitely know our marks. Yeah. You know, um, the thing with Alice is um, consistency. You know, yeah. we need to have a consistent show. I mean, really, for him, you know, we want if Alice wants to walk across the stage and put his hand on my shoulder. I need him to know that I'm going to be there. Right. You know, he he's never going to walk over and want to put his arm on my shoulder and me not be there. Right. You know, right. Um, the Frankenstein monster is always going to come off the same side of the stage every night. So yeah. if we're in the way, you're going to get mowed down. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> uh, the sword that Alice uses in Billion Dollar Babies uh, was once it once belonged to Errol Flynn. Uh, very cool classic wow. sword. It is very sharp. Yeah. If you stand downstage when he's swinging that sword around, you will get sliced. Wow. So um, I wouldn't say necessarily that it's choreographed, yeah. but as you said, we definitely do know our marks. We know where to stand and where not to stand, and we just like being there for Coop. Like yeah. we like being. We're a support system for him. You know, we're there to elevate him, make his show amazing. When it's my show. You know, this is a free for all. You know, everybody's <laughs> running around all the time, and all I ask of my guys is like, just be mindful of where I'm at, right. and otherwise do whatever you want. Yeah. With Alice, we're just we're a supporting cast for the star of the show, and so, like I said at the beginning, if he wants to come over and lean on me, I'm gonna be in that spot so he knows I'm there. And if he doesn't right. come, he doesn't come. Right. You know. Right. Um. So in that sense, I I guess it is. Um, consistent in that way yeah for sure uh we started off the show talking about uh, you having a number one song dead inside uh david draymond obviously great vocalist so uh, maybe tell me how you guys decided to come together and do this song yeah um i was in nashville working on the music for my upcoming record and some of the vocal songs you know we're doing half and half half vocal songs and half in, um half instrumental songs half vocal songs with guests mm-hmm. and some of the vocal songs were written for a specific vocalist so you know i want so-and-so to sing on this I want that singer to sing on that and funny enough all the ones that I wrote a song with somebody in mind I didn't get that singer it ended up being you know somebody with a a style that would work for that Mm. but Dead Inside was actually a song that we just said let's just write something let's just write something and see what happens write something cool and as we were listening to it um, my manager and boyfriend Josh was the first one to say this sounds like a David Draymond song. Right. Like this sounds like something that Device would have done, but like a little shreddier, you know. Yeah. Um, and so Josh has known David for many years, and he got the song over to him, and it just came together really organically. You know, David is such a consummate professional. He Facetimed us a few days after he heard the song, and he goes, "I have a great idea." And he told us on that 
that call, he said, this is going to be number one. Wow. If we do this right, this song is going to go to number one. Man. And he FaceTimed us and sang almost exactly what ended up on the record. I mean, note for note, melody wise, couple little changes to the, you know, maybe some of the lyrics that he had just been jotting down. Um, but he did it in, you know, a day. He, he wow. thought of it. And we came, we went to LA. He came from Hawaii. I came from Nashville where I was recording. Uh, we met in LA and he tracked the vocals there in the room. And again, just very organic, very cool. There wasn't a lot of, why don't you try this? Why don't you change that? Why don't you do this? Like he came in and just laid down a phenomenal performance. Every single take was good. When I thought that was it, he goes, one more time, one more time, one more time. <laughs> just such a perfectionist. He didn't take many takes at all to get it perfect. And it's just, it's really, it's really special for me to not only have my first song really go to radio, but to have it make the impact that it has. I'm really impressed. I'm really am. Uh, do you, I know with your busy schedule, do you still have time to uh, do any type of teaching of guitar or anything like that? Or I mean, even if it's online or something like that, do you do, you do that at all? Um, I've not taught one-on-one -on -one guitar lessons actually since I was in high school. Okay. Um, but I do actually have a teaching program out. Uh, it's called Rock Guitar Fundamentals. Okay. Um, and basic, and I, I put it out during quarantine. Um, which Good time to do yeah, it. Yeah, well, I mean, people were at home and they needed something to do. Right. And uh, it was a perfect time for someone to say, hey, I've always wanted to pick up a guitar. Let me do that. So the course is actually designed to take people from picking up a guitar for the very first time. Like the first lesson is, this is your guitar. This is the frets. This is called the body. This is called the neck for somebody like, you know, because I, I did a lot of research for, you know, other programs. And I felt like none of them really started from the beginning. Yeah. They started from, you know, your first chords, right. but it's no one ever said, this is a fret marker. This is your volume knob. This is your tone knob. This yeah. is the difference. This yeah. will make it loud and quiet. This will make it sound like this. So um, it goes from literally picking up the guitar for the first time. Um, there's beginner, intermediate, and advanced modules. You get all three, and you know, when you buy the course. And uh, it takes people from picking up the, the guitar for the first time all the way through the journey, learning chords, learning songs, and then learning solos. Um, and the website for that is www.iwanttoplayguitar.com. That's a great URL. <laughs> Which is the best URL in the whole world. It is. I'm surprised um, that one wasn't already out there. I know. It's just another way that the universe is working, saying you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, iwanttoplayguitar.com um, basically teaches everything that I know about playing guitar. So if you guys want to learn from me, that's where to go. Yeah, well, thank you so much for being on The Rock 30 today. And of course, congratulations on the song. And I uh, can't wait to hear the next one. I hope it goes to number one as well. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on and thanks for playing the song. Sure.